resurrected. God, this is the end. You can't tell me you can make the dead in me come back to life. Everything turns to ashes, but without the hope of revival. Imagine living with faith in God. I can't. Get back on my feet, I stumble and fall, but I am too weak to make it on my own. So my only option is surrender. I throw my hands in the air. I give up. I ruin everything I touch. It's foolish to think that God can restore my life. Wait, God can restore my life. It's foolish to think that I've ruined everything I touch. I give up. I throw my hands in the air. Surrender is my only option. I'm too weak to make it on my own, so I stumble and fall, but get back on my feet with faith in God. I can't imagine living without the hope of revival. Everything turns to ashes, but you can make the dead in me come back to life. You can't tell me this is the end. God resurrected my ruins. Come on, church, it's Resurrection Sunday. Let's just give God praise. Whether this is your first time or your regular attendee, 
I would like for everybody to participate in this because it's very, very important to me to have your thoughts on this. In fact, I'm going to be using this as I prepare the sermon calendar and as, a, as we, we talk about the ministries that we need to do here at Capital City Church. We're going to use this as, as, a, as input from you and what your thoughts are. The first question is, what are the greatest areas of stress that you believe that people experience? And uh, there's several there, uh, comparison, work, personal finances, relationships. You don't have to mark just one, you can mark several. What are the things that you believe, what are the greatest areas? Now, don't just mark them all, that doesn't help me at all. Uh, but what one, maybe the top three, what do you feel like are the greatest areas of stress that people experience? The second question is this, what are the greatest barriers to knowing God? In your opinion, what are some of the greatest barriers to becoming uh, acquainted and having a relationship with Jesus Christ, to knowing God? We call it finding God. There's three blanks there. Just fill them in. Maybe you just have one thing or two or three. You can uh, write it somewhere else there. And then I, I would like to know the next step in your spiritual journey. What would that be? Expressing your faith in Jesus. Uh, do you want to be baptized or do you want to learn more about becoming a member? Now, just because you sign that doesn't mean you have to become a member. It's just a way for you to say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about the church. What does it mean to become a member? Or maybe you'd like to be involved in a small group or discipleship. Just check that, would you, for me? And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to uh, turn those in after a while. And uh, when you're done there, just put that aside. Inside your program also is something at the top that says, I am Jesus. That is your notes for the message today. If you want to pull that out, uh, we're going to talk about, we're, in fact, we're going to begin a series today called I Am Jesus. You know, it's amazing that this weekend we celebrate Easter with literally millions and millions of Jesus followers. Hundreds of thousands of churches across all the globe are celebrating Easter today. And you know what? It is an amazing thing that we have a Savior that, was, that died on the cross, that rose again, won over sin, death, and the grave. Christ is no longer in the tomb. He has risen from the dead. And because of that, we gather together to celebrate the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, church. Can we just give him a great big praise offering? We worship God today. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to start this series by looking at some I am statements that Jesus made that I think are very important for us to understand as we walk this journey of learning from Jesus. You know, many people say that uh, it really doesn't matter what you believe, that all paths lead to God, all religions are basically the same. A lot of people believe in what I call a feel-good theology. You know, as long as I'm a good person, as long as I feel good about life, then, you know, I'm okay, I'm, I'm going to be all right. And, you know, we, we, we talk about people that have, have gone on from this life, and we say, well, he was a good person, and she was a good person, and, and surely they're in a better place looking down on us. And, and uh, a lot of people even believe in something called reincarnation, where after you die, you come back again. I actually uh, had a friend that I was... Uh, witnessing to and sharing with and and uh, she believed that uh, her dog was her son that had died and came back as her dog I'm not sure I want to come back as a dog although I know that when I watch my dog she sleeps about 23 hours a day 
and uh, it's 24 if we stay away long enough, and uh, that wouldn't be too bad, but I think I'd get pretty bored. How many of you know that'd be kind of boring after a while, huh? Maybe one day, and I need to get out, right? Uh, someone once said that they believe when we're reincarnated, you come back as, as what you love in a previous life. Well, that would be really bad for me because I'd probably come back as a donut and somebody would eat me, all right? So we got to be really careful what we wish for. Well, today's culture, interestingly enough, there's very little controversy about God, about spirituality, about Jesus. I'll explain that in a little bit. Almost no one debates his existence. Uh, detractors acknowledge that he's real. They love his teaching. They, they, they believe that it's great that Jesus helped the poor and, and uh, that he loved people and he blessed people and he served people. And, you know, the world looks on, they go, yeah, he, he was a great guy. But there's an exclusive claim of Jesus in John 14, 6. We're going to begin our I Am series, I Am Jesus, right here. We find the story here where Thomas says, listen, we really don't know where we're going. We really don't know where you're headed. And Jesus answered this way. Listen to this. He said, I am the way. Everyone say the way. I am the truth. Say the truth. And I am the life. Say the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus was making it very clear that there might be a lot of paths, but those paths must lead to Jesus if we're going to find our eternal home with him in heaven. Now, there's a whole lot of religions out there, and, and uh, some of them have truth and beauty in them in the world religions. Uh, but, the, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, we're just all the same, all the religions, as long as, as long as we just love each other. And that's just simply not true. Take, for instance, Buddhism. They believe there's really no God. There's no real type of final existence. Uh, uh, we have countless rebirths. And the interesting thing is there's really no way to end that cycle, so we just keep getting born again and born again and born again. Hinduism is similar, but it has an impersonal God. Uh, we approach that impersonal God through deities or statues or idols. Buddhism and Hinduism have a little bit in common where there's no forgiveness of sins, no supernatural help. They believe in something that we call karma. How many of you ever believe or heard of karma? You've heard of that. And you know what goes around, comes around. You know, you cut somebody off in the drive-thru. You're going to get cut off in the drive-thru, that whole thing. But there's really, no, there's really no supernatural help. The Muslims worship Allah. There, it is a personal God. But there's no secondary gods. And, 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 and there's a total ban, in fact, on idols. Uh, your standing, however, depends on how religious you are and how, how devoted you are and how your works are. And it's all works-based. Can, can I earn my way into the favor of God? Then we have the New Age movement. and Basically, uh, there's no personal God. There's just a higher consciousness of the, uh, the universe. We worship the universe and the cosmos and, and nature. And, and, and in other words, you worship the creation instead of the creator. But today I want to talk about Jesus and I want to talk about Christianity who gives us a personal God who sent Jesus his own son to show us love and to give us forgiveness. And there's some very, very great 
hope in the fact that Jesus comes and makes us a new person, turn, uh, changes us from the inside out. And the beauty of that is not about religion. It's not about making a, 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 earning our own way into heaven. It's about believing in a God who loves us, who cares for us, who died and rose again. Amen? So this morning, uh, through all of those religions, I am asking you, would you with me for a moment consider Jesus? But before I talk about Jesus anymore this morning, I want to make sure that, uh, that you understand who it is that I'm talking about. So maybe this will help. Watch this. Thanks for helping me out with this today. The kids love Easter. <laughs> Who doesn't love Easter? Am I right? Yeah, that's true. But when you think about it, leading up to that first Easter, Jesus had it pretty rough. Wow. I guess I never really thought of that. I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Well, you know, he died on the cross. Are you sure? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a different guy. I'm talking about the Jesus that, um, what's his last name? No, no, no. It's the same guy. Are you sure about that? Okay. Really? I guess I never connected the two together. Jesus on a cross. Now I wonder what happened to that guy. <laughs> he uh, came back to life three days later. What? Yeah. Wait. We're still talking about tomb Jesus here, right? So, that's the same guy? Yeah, he died on the cross for our sins. No, no, no. That's a different Jesus. No, 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 no. Same one. Died on the cross, buried in the tomb, came back to life, and now sits at the right hand of God. Wait. Cross Jesus is the same as right hand of God Jesus? Not separate Jesuses? There's no separate Jesuses. I just... I just never really put them all together before. No, no. It's still one guy. Wait. You know what this means, don't you? That one guy did all of that? That changes history. That changes everything. That is big. He deserves more than just jelly beans for his birthday. 
birthday? So wait, then that means the Easter Bunny is the no. same as... Just no. Okay. Yes, that Jesus. <laughs> he is the same one. And this morning I want you to consider the real Jesus. Not just a character in a storybook. Not just somebody we've heard about. Not just a good man. Not just a good teacher. But the Son of God. The one who gave his life for every one of us in this room. For everyone watching online. For every person we've ever met, every person that ever lived and ever will live, Jesus Christ won over sin, death, and the grave, and we celebrate the real Jesus today. Amen? I ask you to consider Jesus. Now, I'm asking you to consider Jesus. I'm not even asking you to consider our church. I'm asking you to consider Jesus. I'm not asking you to consider even the religion of Christianity. Jesus did not come, understand this, Jesus did not come to start a religion. Uh, it, it's, it's not a, just a so-called life of Christianity. It's out of touch, narrow-minded, judgmental, bad hair, I don't know, whatever it is you think about, about Christians. And in fact, don't even look at my life. I, I will let you down. What I want you to do this morning is I want you to look at the life of Jesus and understand that he has done something great and mighty and miraculous for every person in this room. So are you ready? If you're taking notes, I want you to consider three things. Everybody say three things. Three, three things. Are you ready? The first one is this. I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus. I want you to understand that Jesus came to help to reach those whom others despised. Jesus loved them. He accepted them. He, he, was, uh, he was the one that reached out to those who were caught, into, uh, caught in adultery. And, and he would look at the religious leaders and he would say, Listen, those of you that have no sin, you cast the first stone. In fact, here's what I want you to know about Jesus. Jesus went around making the religious leaders mad. <laughs> he ticked them off a lot. He, the, all of the church leaders, that's who, that's who didn't like him. The sinners and the, and, the, and the ones who were hurting and the destitute, they were the ones that followed Jesus everywhere he went and, and listened to his teachings and loved his teachings. Why? Because they saw that he loved them. Look at this scripture out of Mark chapter 2, verse 16. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with the sinners and the tax collectors. Interesting, they put that in the same line, amen? <laughs> That's a whole other story. They asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, listen to what Jesus said to them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call, uh, I have not come to call the righteous, but to call the sinners. You see, Jesus walked this earth opening blind eyes and, and healing deaf ears and, and helping the mute to speak. And, and he touched lepers and turned water into wine and walked on the water and raised the dead to life. 
And it's interesting that critics didn't even question the validity of his miracles. You have to understand that. Those of those days, they didn't say, well, that's not a miracle. They couldn't say that. They literally saw it happen. They saw the dead come back to life. They saw the blind able to see. They saw these miracles taking place. So they didn't really question the validity of his miracles. They just wanted him to stop. It was making them very angry because he was basically stealing their thunder. They were the religious leaders. They were the church. They were the ones that they wanted everyone to look to for spiritual food and for for spiritual help. And now this guy comes along, and he's talking to the sinners, and he's talking to the the downtrodden. And and, uh, those are the ones that we need to ignore, they thought. But if you're a first-time guest here, I want to tell you a little secret I'm going to tell you a little secret about Cap- Capital City Church. Are you ready? Don't tell anybody I said this, but I just want you to know this room is full of drug addicts and alcoholics and jailbirds. That's a fact. In fact, many of you have shared your stories about you were once hooked on drugs and you were once hooked on alcohol and you were once, you were once in jail. But I want to tell you something. They're no longer jailbirds anymore. They're no longer addicted to drugs. Why? Because they are redeemed. The only difference between me and anyone else, you and anyone else, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, it doesn't make us perfect. It just makes us redeemed. Amen? I want you to understand that I'm a miracle from God. You say, really? You've heard me, if you've been here very long, you've heard me say, if you're a first-time guest, I just want you to know, I was saved when I was six years old. And you're like, well, what in the world could you do to, to get into a mess? Well, I did get into a mess, most, mostly ornery stuff, and, and uh, I'm not going to tell you any of that stuff. But, I, you know, I did ornery things, but I never remember a time ever since I was saved at six years old that I did not fully and passionately and wholeheartedly want to follow Jesus as my personal Savior. And I have to say that when I hear people tell stories about, uh, you know, uh, being in jail and, and, and being addicted to drugs and, and God transforming their lives, and, and one time I just looked at God and I said, God, that's not fair. I don't have a flashy testimony like that. And he said, sure you do. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, I, he said, I saved you from all of that. I just got you out of it before you got into it. So here's the good news. God can save the rest of your life if you will just turn it over to him right now. You have to understand that God wants to minister to you. He loves you right where you are. As Crystal said earlier, I'm just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread. Amen? So I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus. He came not for the religious, not for the church leaders. He came for the downtrodden. Secondly, if you're taking notes, I want you to consider... The resurrection of Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus loves us with an everlasting love. Now he hates sin, but he loves us. He loves us and that nothing can change that. Nothing you do, nowhere you go, nowhere you have been will ever change the fact that Jesus loves you now with an everlasting love and nothing will ever separate you from that love of God. The Bible says he loves you with an everlasting love for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever, come on church, say whosoever, that's you. Tell the person beside you, that means you. I know that might surprise you, but it means you. And then say, well, it means me too. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, we just lost a great saint of God this week, Walter DeVitz. He's been in this church. I think he, he started coming to this church right around the time 
when uh, Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. I think, I think he was a part of that. He might have just jumped in line right after that. But, uh, but what a saint of God. I want to tell you something. Walter's not dead. Walter's in heaven right now. And he's having the best Easter that he's ever had. Amen? He's having the greatest celebration of Easter right now. Why? Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he won over sin, death, and the grave. And he gave us permission to win over sin, death, and the grave. And we will, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Now this jar of clay may die. We might quit breathing in this, in this body, but we will never stop living with the Lord as long as we accept him as our personal savior. Jesus hung on that cross and he said, it is finished. Father, forgive them. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And three days later, the stone was rolled away. And it's the story that will never die. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 3, verse 15. This is a very key, very key verse. Because it's Peter talking. And if you know the story of Easter at all, if you've ever watched the Passion play, or if you've ever watched uh, the Passion of the Christ, or if you've ever seen the, Christmas, the Easter story, you know that Peter denied Jesus at the most critical time. They came to Peter, and in fact, it was the maidservant of the high priest that identified him as a follower of Jesus. Says, aren't you, uh, aren't you one of those Jesus guys? And he swore that it wasn't him. He denied Jesus three times. Now understand that this Peter, who couldn't stand up for Jesus when it, met, when it, was, when it was the most critical, is now, in Acts 3.15 facing off the high priest himself. Not the maidservant, but the high priest himself. And he says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we, he says, are witnesses of this. You have to understand that this isn't just a story. It's not just something in a book. There are witnesses that, that identify Jesus as he rose from the dead, after he rose from the dead. Some said that Roman soldiers stole the body. No way. The enemies would have loved to have a body to show everybody. And if the Roman soldiers had stolen the body, believe me, they would have put it on display. And people would have seen that body laying out there. There's no way that happened. Some people say that the disciples took the body. Really? They overpowered the Roman guards and, and, and they took them down with all their swords and everything and stole Jesus out of the grave? No, no. Do you really expect any rational thinking person to believe that 11 small town uneducated men that were just average overpowered the powerful soldiers and pulled that off and kept it a secret. No. No. But I want you to consider this. Jesus rose from the dead. He walked this earth. Hundreds of people saw him. And the disciples were willing. Listen to this very carefully. The disciples were willing to give up their life to tell people about it. All of them, there was 11 left. You remember Judas died. 
all of them except for one, gave their life preaching and witnessing that Jesus had risen from the dead. I want you to know that this just isn't a story. This is a reality that has been witnessed to. So I want you to consider the ministry of Jesus. I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. And I want you to consider the eternal message of Jesus. Can I tell you something? This may surprise you, but I want you to write it down on your, in your notes somewhere. Would you do this? Jesus despised religion. Jesus was all about having a relationship with God's creation. That's us. God created you and I for the purpose of relationship. God created us to be born again. He created us so that we can talk with Him and walk with Him and know Him personally. You say, Pastor, is that really possible? Absolutely. Well, I thought Christianity was a religion. No, no. Christianity, listen to me, is a relationship. Well, what's the difference? Well, religion is all about me. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the prayers, and I'm going to make sure that I show up at church, and I'm going to make sure that people see me, and I'm going to make sure that they think I'm a good person, and I'm going to make sure that they think that, that I've got it all together. It's all about me. But relationship is all about Jesus. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to tell people that the only reason that I'm here, the only reason that I'm redeemed is because I have Jesus Christ in my life, because he came and changed me from the inside out. Religion says, if I obey God, then he will love me. If I, can just, if I can just obey him and do what he tells me to do, then maybe, just maybe, he loves me. No, no. Relationship says, because God loves me, then I can obey. It follows that. Do you see the difference? Listen, when I was just a little kid, I did what my dad uh, told me to do because I was about this big. I was never real little, I'll just tell you. My mom says, you know you never were really little, okay? I, I, was, a, I was almost 10 pounds when I was born, so I never was a little old guy. But I was a lot littler than my six-foot-six dad, huh? Weighing some, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 and plus, huh? Come on, I'm, I'm going to get myself in a mess. Dad's watching, I, he was a big man, okay? He was a big man. <laughs> and I did what he said because he told me to. I didn't like the results when I didn't. But you know, as I began to know Dad and I began to grow and I began to mature and we began to build a relationship and we became best friends, now I honor him because I love him. Not because of what he's told me to do, but because I love him. Do you see that? That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what he wants for you. That's why he died. The reason he died is so that he could have that relationship with you. Religion says, if I do something, it's spelled D-O. Write that down somewhere. Religion is spelled D-O. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work my way. I'm going to make my way. Relationship says, it's done. It's already done. <laughs> Romans 3.22 says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter, listen to this carefully, no matter who we are. Now, I don't know if you noticed the video that played just before I began my sermon. But if you noticed, you'll know this. If not, let me just tell you a little bit about that video. 
they began to read the words and it was all it was all defeat struggle hurt no hope but in the middle of the video the words reversed and they began to read the same words but it meant victory and hope and salvation and forgiveness did you notice that I want to show it again I want you to keep that in mind and I want you to watch this and really catch the message Jesus turns everything upside down and takes what the enemy meant for for evil and changes it into good watch this my ruins resurrected God this is the end you can't tell me you can make the dead in me come back to life. Everything turns to ashes, but without the hope of revival. Imagine living with faith in God. I can't get back on my feet. I stumble and fall, but I am too weak to make it on my own. So my only option is surrender. I throw my hands in the air. I give up. I ruin everything I touch. It's foolish to think that God can restore my life. Wait, God can restore my life. It's foolish to think that I've ruined everything I touch. I give up, I throw my hands in the air. Surrender is my only option. I'm too weak to make it on my own, so I stumble and fall, but get back on my feet with faith in God. I can't imagine living without the hope of revival. Everything turns to ashes, but you can make the dead in me come back to life. You can't tell me this is the end. God resurrected my ruins. So here's what I'd like you to do. Would you take that response card back out again? Everybody in the room, would you do that for me? Would you just uh, go down to the bottom? I have one more question I want to ask you. I want everybody to participate. Come on, staff, helpers, everybody. Maybe you won't play along, just pull it out. Hopefully you've, you've done this, but it's okay. I just want everybody to do this. I have enough for everyone. We've got pens right there. This is very, very important. You'll see at the bottom there, it says A, B, C, or D. And I'm going to ask you in just a second to identify which one of these categories you feel that you're in. Can I just tell you a secret? Everybody in this room, everybody watching online is in one of these categories. You already are. So I'm just asking you if you would check the box, and I'm going to read to you what each one of them means, if you would check the box of which one most carefully defines where you are in your spiritual journey. The letter A stands for, I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. I, I love him with all my heart. I'm growing. I'm learning. I, I'm, I'm growing in my faith, and I love God with all my heart. I, I'm already in a real relationship. If that's you, I just want you to check the first box, box A. The second one says, I'm beginning. The letter B is beginning. Today, I want to begin a real relationship with Jesus. I want to I get to know this Jesus you're talking about. I want to get to know this Jesus. I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. If that's you, if you feel like somehow God, God is prompting you, we... We, we know that's the Holy Spirit. He speaks to our hearts. He says, this is for you. This is your day. If you feel like that's you, would you just put a check mark beside the box B? 
Or maybe you're in C, where you just like to consider a little bit longer. And you know what? That's okay. We're glad you're here. You are the reason we're here. We're glad you're here. This church is for you. We want you to consider it. We want you to just take your time and think about it and pray about it. And maybe over the next couple weeks, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back and learning and growing. But if that's you, if you're just not quite ready today, but you're considering it, you want to consider it a bit longer, just check the letter C. And then letter D, I just want you to be honest. It's not, just, just be honest with where you are. Have the courage. If this is you, you say, I don't ever intend on making a decision. Just, just check that box. I just want you to check it right now. Just be honest. And I want you to know, I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to ask God to move you into one of the other, other categories. But just be honest. Now listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to be honest before the Lord. So for just a moment, maybe you've already checked the box. Maybe you're thinking about it. Would you just check that box? And then I want you, once you've done that, some of you already have perhaps. I want you to just bow your heads. I want to pray for you. Once you've checked a box, just bow your heads. And I want to pray for you. I'll give you a moment to finish out there. So God, this morning as we contemplate where we are in our spiritual journey, I pray, Lord, that we would just be honest before you and be honest with ourselves. And Lord, I just pray that right now you would strive with our hearts as you have often before. and Help us to know your plan and your will for us. Lord, help us to do what is right in your eyes. And this morning, if you checked the letter B and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus right now, I just want to pray with you. Just pray this in your own words. You don't have to say exactly how I say it, but just say something like this. You can just say it in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Just say that. Tell Jesus, thank you. Say, Jesus, thank you for rising again from the grave. Just tell him that. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me to this place today of decision time. And the best way I know how, I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to ask you to forgive me of the things in the past that I've done that I know have disappointed you. And I pray, God, you would forgive me for those things. And right now, Jesus, I want to begin a relationship with you. And the best way I know how, I accept you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. Say this, Lord, change me from the inside out. Make me a new person. Pray this in Jesus' name for his sake. Come on, church. Everyone say amen. 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 Listen, just stick with me for just a little bit. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, today is your spiritual birthday. It's the first day of the rest of your life. And I tell you what, the Bible says one time about the heavenly celebrating. And it says the heavens celebrate when one person comes to Christ. And I believe that many of you have prayed that prayer, whether you're here in the room or online. So on the count of three, church, can we just give a great big celebration, clap offering, and praise God? One, two, three. Come on, let's just praise Him today. Amen. Amen.